game the New York Giants playing right now. This is Tim the Seward Giants. Straight Talk powered by Online Big Blue LLC. The Giants keep winning. The Giants keep rolling. Two in a row against a bad Washington team, against a bad New England team. I, I'm trying to really figure out this fan base. I, I'm trying to figure out the people that follow this team in reference to the beat writers. I, I'm trying to f- figure out former Giant players. And I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. In reference to what they're seeing. And you go on Twitter, you know that Twitter is just a cesspool of wrong information. And it's just one of those things that you kind of just look at it and you're like, you know what, I, I, I could read this and probably get dumber, or I could go to YouTube and probably get a little bit more dumber. So where do you turn? Where do you turn for this information? Because I'm looking there and I'm seeing a former giant linebacker talk about how well the offensive line plays. And, ha- and how, you know, things are going so much better right now. And I know R0B is kicking himself because that means Bobby Johnson's got a job. But I don't see it. I have certain giant beat writers that are talking about how Tommy DeVito is turning the corner. And, you know, what Brian Dable is doing with him shows that the Giants don't need to take a quarterback in that first round or in the, or in the, first, or in the top ten. And I'm thinking to myself, didn't we score only uh, only 10 points and they all came off turnovers? I think they did. And they talk about how, you know, Tommy DeVito is this this weapon now. And, you know, and, and, I, and I think to myself, I, I mentioned before in the stream, I remember Tyler Thigpen throwing for over 2,600 yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions on a 1-10 Kansas City team. And then he disappeared off the face of the earth. Not saying it's going to happen to, you know, Jersey Shore Tommy. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is you have a league that has zero film outside of preseason on Tommy DeVito. They don't, they, they don't have, they had zero film running the offense. And I'm watching a progression of his stats getting lower now each week. And this is a bad New England team. And, and they basically handcuffed the Giants offense for four quarters. Their defense isn't that great. And, and this beat writer is like, well, Dable can make anything look good. Well, let's see. Dable's body of work recently is Josh Allen, all-world talent. So I, 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 can't, I can't give him that one. And then you take a look at his other protege right now. It was Daniel Jones. He took a below-average quarterback and made him average. Doesn't mean and he went to a 6-2 and two start and then finished – nine, seven, and one. So I look at that and I, I get a little bit confused. And now this person's saying that Tommy, I mean, uh, Tommy, you know, Tommy DeVito is going to be the next big thing or maybe not the next big thing, but it just shows that Dable is the quarterback guru. I don't know. Let's see what happens when the league gets film on him and figures out his tendencies and understands what he's doing and where he's going. Tommy DeVito did not play this all world game. What Tommy DeVito does best is he does what Tyrod Taylor does best. This is a Tyrod Taylor game. Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn over the ball. Outside of the fumble, Tommy Tommy doesn't turn over the ball. And finding Jalen for 108 of his 190 yards. So I'm not going to annoy Dable, the quarterback king yet, because his body work is Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, and Tommy DeVito. 
And then you look at the defense and the defense has played well at times during this year, but they've also given up 40 points a couple, you know, on a few occasions and, 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 and looked horrid at times. And they still gave up a, a shitload of yards in the interior. Like we always do with or without Dexter Lawrence. And you, you watch some of these guys on defense celebrate when they make a tackle, like they've done something special jumping around. Like it's like, like, you know, they just won the super bowl and you think to yourself, you are at that time, a three win team. Now you're a four win team and your two wins are against garbage teams who are trying to get quarterbacks as well in the draft ahead of you. And, and I'm just trying to think to myself, I'm just, I'm just not seeing it. What I am seeing clearly now is the fact that there is zero need for Daniel Jones. There truly is because of the fact that you have shown with Tyrod Taylor, you have now shown with Tommy DeVito, Tommy DeVito now has more wins than Daniel Jones. You've seen what you've seen with the, you've seen that what a, what a quarterback who doesn't turn over the ball understands. Sometimes you need to take the sack and, and doesn't create his own issues, what they can do with a team. And I said, even against bad teams, because you, I have said a million times before, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. But at the end of the day, you've shown the fact that you could win with Tyrod. You can win with Tommy. So why are we sitting here having the praises of the one and only Daniel Jones, $160 million man coming off the ACL who may come back in July when you've shown that you don't need to sink all your cap space into a guy who potentially is just average when you can pay a guy less and win and they could still be average. I think that's, that's, I think that's the, the quand I think that's the quandary I'm having right now. And I'm also having the quandary with certain other giant fans that are just nuts. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I gotta I gotta stay off Twitter because I'm reading some of this shit, and I'm like, I I must have watched a different game because this was this was a this was a bad game, almost Jet esque. Everyone remembers the Jet loss. The rookie kicker doesn't miss. We're in overtime. We probably lose. But it 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 was a sloppy game. It was not a well played game. The Giants had 70-plus tackles. That tells you the number of plays that New England ran, that you had 70-plus tackles. Giants couldn't get a ground game started. Hyatt was their passing game. Outside Isaiah, that that was the one big catch for the touchdown. You You have to be confused a little bit when you look at all this. Brian Dable is one of the most confusing head coaches I've ever seen. Because he does he does things that you watch and you're kind of perplexed by it. He does some judging things, and sometimes they work out. Recently in the early on losing streak, they didn't work out. But like not calling the timeouts at the end of the game to preserve because you know they're in field goal range. You figure they're going to run the ball. You call some timeouts. You stop them, and then they kick the field goal, and you still have time to drive down the field and hopefully get out of overtime. He was playing for overtime. Now, the only thing that was the only saving grace that he had was that the rookie missed. If the rookie missed, if the rookie doesn't miss, we're, have, we're having a different conversation. We're having a different story. So it's, he, is, he is a very perplexing head coach. And I, and I don't know, 
like I said, is he the coach? He was, of course, the coach of the year last year, and that which was phenomenal, fantastic. But is he ever going to reach that pinnacle again? I don't know, to be honest. I can't. I really can't tell you. But at four and eight going into the bye week, you have a lot of people that are very that are very um, you know enthused about the New York Football Giants. I just kind of sit there and look at this team going, I've been following this team since 1976. Craig Martin was my first quarterback. I was there when they opened up the Meadowlands. It was a blast team. It was a blast season. This kind of reminds me of the 76 team. And, and that's kind of scary because when you start building up hope and when that hope in times is false hope, that's where things go horribly wrong. That's where you make a decision to sign a kid for $160 million who was a below-average NFL quarterback at best. This is where you make a decision in the draft to draft and maybe an offensive lineman or a corner or a wide receiver instead of looking at the fact that if you don't have a quarterback to get him the ball, it's going to be truly – it could be truly a, a huge issue. And people will – talk, and like I said, we talked about this before. People will talk about, well, you know, you need an offensive line. You just, just, just Joe Burrows. Ask the duck early on in his career, you know, as, as guys who played behind bad lines and won. ask Eli Manning. And I, I just want people to focus on the fact that we still need, we still need to have, to have some kind of semblance of, uh, of, I don't, I don't know, just some kind of semblance of reality. And I love it, but, um, Brian Dable also, uh, you know, also responded to reports that his relationship with offense, uh, defense quarter, Wink Martindale, was in a bad place. And then he awarded him the game ball today. Oh, I mean, okay, come on. <laughs> come on. Can we get any more cliche? I mean, seriously? We don't have any problems. Just a week ago, we were firing everybody. And now all of a sudden, you're awarding Wink the game ball. <sighs> this team is taxing. And like I said, I've been through bad seasons with the Giants going back to 1976. And I can tell you right now, this, this team is extremely taxing. And I don't mean that in a good way, because <laughs> I don't think there's any other way to say it. But, but they, they do things where you think they're going to, when they're going to turn the corner, you think they're going to do things well, and, and then things go just horribly wrong. And then they have a streak where they come back and they win a couple of games, but then, of course, winning those couple of games are really going to hurt you. You know what the funny thing is? I always look, like I said, and I always talk about the, um, I always talk about the 76 Giants. Like I said, it's my first season. And I go back to the last five games of that season. At that time, there was only um, 14 games in the season. They won, they won against Washington and lost. They barely lost to Denver. They beat Seattle, they beat the Lions, and they barely lost to the St. Louis Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals at the time. But they finished the last part, last five games of the season three and two. So there was this optimism, even though it was a three twelve and one season, that you know what, maybe maybe we have maybe we have something here on this roster. Maybe maybe you know Craig Morton's not bad. Maybe Norm Steen's not bad. Maybe we don't need to go another direction with a quarterback. Maybe everything will just be fine. And then you roll into the seventy seven season where they go five and nine. And then you got rid. You basically had Joe Pasarczyk starting that game, starting those games, and it just went downhill from there. And it just continued to go downhill until you found your quarterback in '79 and Phil Sims. And it took him a bunch of years just to get him up and running. But it took him a bunch of years just to get him up and running, which was been the '85 season. But there was the false hope in '77 to '76. 
And it took us to 81 to make the playoffs again. And I just have this weird, strange feeling we're heading down that same primrose path. We're going to have a live stream today, of course, to talk about the New York Football Giants sometime probably after six. And again, don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to ring that bell because you want to know why. That'd be awesome.